0: welcome to the c12 podcast my name is matt and today we are in week two of our series called i quit and we have alex carney speaking to us on the a zone b zone and c zone that we go through in life and so we hope that you are encouraged and guided by today's message what's up c12 how we doing doing good hey i'm so excited to be here tonight uh, i'm excited to jump in i'm excited to jump into this teaching if you're new what you just want to say welcome home i'm so glad that you're uh, that you're here with us on a thursday night and uh, if you are new this is your first night uh, as we've been going over the past couple weeks I want you to give a, a little sneak peek of, of, of our culture and who we are. And so, uh, ever since June, I know I said this last week, but we get to find the fun in what we do. And so, we don't just have fun, we just don't find the fun in community before and after service. It's not just in, a, uh, in the worship time, but it's also in the teaching. So, we can engage in this, so you can uh, also be a part of it. So, this is not a, a lecture, this is not a classroom. This is, uh, I'm not your professor, I'm not going to read off a PowerPoint and you just take notes. I know, you're really disappointed, yeah. Yeah, I was going over the history of World War II tonight, so I thought it was really fitting. Uh, <laughs> but this is not what that is. So this is something you can engage with. So if there's something that sticks out to you, something that resonates, you can feel free to say amen. You can clap. You can uh, dance, do a little Jesus d- juke. I don't care. You can do whatever you want. If, that's, if something doesn't resonate with you and you're like, man, I, this sucks, then, I, I don't know, pray. I don't know, do something. Read your Bible in private. <laughs> Uh, But I wanted to uh, go over tonight as we are in a series called I Quit. So uh, last week we kicked off this series uh, and going over I Quit Making Excuses. If you missed us last week, I wanted to recap a little bit of what this whole series is about. See, when we say I quit, we usually quit the things that we shouldn't. We quit uh, spending time with God. We quit praying. We quit working out. We quit uh, trying to manage our finances better. See, we quit the things that we know that we're actually supposed to do. And then we end up quitting all the good habits and good disciplines, which actually make our life better. And I I think that God is really inviting us to quit the things that we know that destroy our life, our soul, our joy, and they rob us of everything that we have. And so last week was I quit making excuses. Tonight is I quit giving up. I quit giving up. How many of you uh, have ever been in a spot where you're like, oh, man, this was way harder than I thought? This was way more difficult. This is not what I expected. Okay, half the room. All right, the other half, I guess I'll just talk to you. You can watch, you can enjoy. Uh, we know we've all been a part of something that was harder, that was more difficult than what we thought. So uh, if you guys don't know, a part of my journey is that I went to Kingswood University, which is up in Canada, a small school in the middle of nowhere, no one knows where it is. I hardly know where it is. It's in the middle of nowhere, Canada, and God called me to that school specifically. And so when I jumped up there, I had no idea about full-time ministry. I had I had no idea what I wanted to do, but I got to be a part of this really awesome program that focused on evangelism and compassion. So the first week I was there, obviously, it's like a fresh start. It's a new thing. So I'm there at this school. I'm like, oh, God's moving in crazy ways. This is awesome. It's fresh. It's new. It's exciting. I get there, and I'm like, oh, man, I'm going to tell everybody about Jesus. I'm going to tell everybody about my faith. And it's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. And so I get up to, there, to that school. We start jumping in this program. Our first week, we go out every single week to a, a soup kitchen, a homeless shelter, a prison, different youth ministries. We go all over the place every single week, and we get to share the gospel with people. And so I encountered God in a real powerful way that first week up at Kingswood. And then I was like, you know what? Oh, man, everybody's going to know about Jesus. I'm going to talk to everybody. And I had no idea what I was doing. I had no, like, I I don't know what, like, the first trip that we had, it was the most, like, discouraging, and it was, like, the hardest thing that I think that I've ever done, because all I did was get rejected and shut down, and I just kind of got made fun of, and the first thing that I got to do was sit down with a guy, and I'm like, I don't know how to share my faith, what do I say, like, I don't know who you are, and I'm like, well, man, like, I don't know, the soup's warm, but you know what's warmer? The love of Jesus, like, I don't know, you know, and I'm like, what? Who does that? I was like, I don't know. How do I share my faith? How do I talk about love of Jesus? And so now, like, people are like, they don't want to talk. They don't want to respond. They don't want anything to do with me. So now I'm getting rejected. Now I have to go back and do this other role back in the kitchen, and now I'm back there. And when I'm back there, we ended up grabbing this whole pot of chicken noodle soup. I mean, the thing was this big. It was huge. And he said, well, hey, you know what? We're about to be done, so I want you to go take it, and you're going to dump it down the toilet. And I was like, uh, (laughs) What? Like that isn't He says, no, like seriously, I want you to go dump it down the toilet. Like our pipes won't be able to contain how hot the soup is. And I was like, gosh, all right, pick it up. Like Canada's freaking weird. So I go to the bathroom and here I am. And so I'm like dumping this chicken noodle soup down the toilet. And I'm like, this feels wrong. This is wrong. Like I'm wasting other people's food. And my friend Thomas, how many, how many of you guys have that friend? They're like, they'll just make light of any situation. You guys got that friend? You're like, oh, those do whatever. So he's in the bathroom. He, <laughs> he's in the bathroom and he's just like loving life. And so he's making throw-up noises as we're dumping the chicken noodle soup down the toilet. The door's wide open, so he's like, uh, and you can hear like the chicken noodle soup. And the head manager comes over. He walks by and he goes, What are you doing? <laughs> Like, dude, you could have had, like, a a doctorate from Harvard. There's no way to explain, like, (laughs) and make you not sound stupid. And I was like, oh, we're just dumping chicken noodle soup down the toilet. Yeah, totally. And he goes, yeah, stop doing that and put that back in the kitchen. And I went from, like, I'm being rejected by people not wanting to hear the story. Now I'm getting punked by someone who knows that I'm from the States, wants to take advantage of where I'm at. And see, I just, this is not what I thought, (laughs) This is not what I expected. This is not the journey that I thought that this would start. Hey, God, you put a promise upon me. You put something over me as a vision, as a dream. I did not expect to start like this. And see, this was harder than I was expecting. And when you continue that journey, you start to question your calling because of the difficulty. You see, there was a promise that God had spoken over me. But in order for that to be fulfilled, I had to keep going. If I would have stopped there, who knows where I would be? (laughs) Because if you don't persevere, you don't fulfill your purpose. So when times get tough, and it's, it's when, not if, but when, what does it look like to persevere and how do we do that? So we're gonna jump in. I'm gonna give you a recap of the story of Joseph. So I'm gonna summarize this for you. It's in Genesis 37. I'm not gonna take the whole time to read it because we don't have time to unpack it. But in Genesis 37, it starts off by God giving Joseph a dream. And in this dream, God gives Joseph a vision for the future and it's a promise it's it it this is in a sense it's like a sneak preview of his future and and see joseph was the second youngest of his 12 brothers so how many have brothers or sisters in this room okay how many of you are uh, the oldest in the room keep raising your hand how many of you are the middle child okay how many of you are the best the, the youngest the youngest child the young- <laughs> oh the oldest people they were like i hate you <laughs> So, okay, imagine if you're the youngest child in the room, okay, you're going to love this. It's going to be the best dream you've ever had. If you're the older or the middle child, you're going to be like, dude, this dream sucks. So Joseph has a dream, okay, and his brothers are bowing down to him. That's a good dream. That's a great dream for Joseph. See, then Joseph tells his brother the dream. He says, hey, you know, you're going to bow down to me. It's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. I'm sure you're going to love it. Like imagine, imagine you have your sibling, your youngest sibling come to you and they're like, hey man, crazy, last night, so I had this vision, (laughs) it's wild. I had this dream uh, and in it, you're actually bowing down to me. So uh, just, yeah, yeah, go ahead, yeah, do that. (laughs) Like imagine that someone, they're like your youngest sibling comes up to you and, and does that, of course you're gonna reject that, of course you're not gonna like that. And so his brothers, basically, I'm gonna make a super long story really short. And Joseph's brothers, they basically kidnap him, they fake his death. They sold him into slavery. His dad never knew that he was still alive. And in fact, his dad wouldn't know for 22 years later. (laughs) And see, what once was an amazing dream that had turned into a nightmare, and it lasted for years. He was sold into slavery. He became a servant of, of, of Potiphar, who at that time was one of Pharaoh's official. So this guy's like the head honcho. He's at the top of the ranks. And then he got accused for making a move on Potiphar's wife. And it was all a lie. Now he gets thrown into prison. And imagine you're Joseph and you're like, what the heck is happening? This is not what I thought. This God, the vision, the dream you gave me, the promise you put on me, this is not what I'm seeing right now. Why isn't what you promised a reality? Anybody asked that question before? Why isn't what you promised a reality? See, God knows your promise fully, but he doesn't give it to you fully. See, God knows it in total, but we experience it in fragments. And there's often a journey to our promise. And Joseph is traveling through what we call the A zone, the B zone, and the C zone. If you're taking notes, you can jot these down. It's the A zone, the B zone, and the C zone really ran out of paper here. So in life, okay, everybody goes through the A zone, the B zone, the C zone. Okay, this is Joseph. He is going through the A zone, the B zone, the C zone. So in life, say it with me, we go through the A zone, B zone, and C zone. Okay, well, it's all, all together. So we're all on the same page. In life, we go through the A zone, B zone, and C zone. I'm, I'm going to keep doing it until we understand that in life, we go through the A zone, the a zone, B zone, C zone. Everyone. In every aspect of our life, we travel through the A zone, the B zone, and the C zone. Everything travels through it. No one escapes it. And if you just allow God, to, I think, grab your heart for a second in this teaching, I think that you're going to see how the A zone, the B zone, the C zone, this applies to your relationships, this applies to your college experience, this applies, this applies to your major, your job, your ministry. Your future family, your your, your whatever—it applies to everything in life. And I want to pray. I want to pray that maybe God would just leverage this conversation in you, that maybe right now you came in tonight and you just were like, "I just want to give up." <laughs> tonight is my last night at C12, and if God doesn't do something, then I'm out. <laughs> so maybe tonight you came in and you're like, you know, what, the last three to six months they've been horrible, and I just want to tap out. I quit. We invite ourselves into actually what is spiritually illegal. (laughs) That I think God wants you to go deeper. And so let's pray over tonight. God, I pray that you, Father, would just, uh, God, leverage this A zone, B zone, C zone conversation. God, I pray that you would move mightily in people. God, I pray that you, Father, oh, God, you would speak tenderly to people, God, wherever they're at. If they're in a dry season, a winter season, a far out season, it's just weird. It's clunky. It's awkward. They, they don't feel like they have a sense of vision, a of purpose of, of calling over their life. God, I pray that you would remind them how much you love them. And God, as we, dump, as we jump into this, God, I pray that you would speak, God, so softly and so tenderly to our hearts. But God, may it be loud and clear. And we pray this in your name. Amen. So let's jump in. Let's jump into the A zone. So A zone. What is the A zone? Well, the A zone is awesome. <laughs> This is where things are fun. This is where, this is a, not only things are awesome, but it's also a lot of possibilities. So this is super fresh. This is exciting. This is new. This is that cute guy, that cute girl that you go on a date with. This is the new major that you start, the new school that you go to. It's the new uh, workout program that you started. This is the new thing that you're jumping into. And this is awesome. It's fun. It's easy. It's great. It's like that beach house, you don't wanna leave. It's a vacation spa that you'd rather just I wanna stay here, this is the best. <laughs> Everything in life starts in the A-zone. See, for Joseph, it was his picture of his promise. It was his vision. It was his dream. And when you have a vision, when you have a dream, when God does something new in you, when you have that spiritual high, you just came to know Jesus. Now God's moving so evidently in your life. See, so you just feel like you can turn into Iron Man. And everything is like, oh, dude, heck yeah. God, whatever you want to do, bring it on. I'll go to Africa. I'll go wherever. It doesn't matter. God, I want to be sold out for you. See, we can dream. We have all these possibilities. Azon's fun. It's the best. <laughs> but we all know the problem is that life doesn't stay in the A zone. See, life will quickly and always go to the B zone. What is the B zone? The B zone's a battle. (laughs) So now, everything that you prayed for, (laughs) everything that you prayed for now becomes a problem. You ever have that? You like pray something, now you're in it, you're like, oh, gosh, this sucks. (laughs) Everything that was a blessing now becomes a burden. (laughs) See, everything was great here and now it becomes hard here see this becomes a battle in this stage in this zone it loses its newness it loses its freshness see difficulties start to arise see in in relationships in life (laughs) you see you start dating you're like well they have baggage now now it's a problem now it's a battle now I don't want to do this when you come to know Jesus and now you're like, well, I didn't sign up for this. Why does my life, why is it miserable now? It was great two months ago. This, this happens all the time. This happens in classes. See, this, the school that you go to now doesn't sound so fun when you're pulling an all-nighter. Now you got anxiety and now you're trying to do all these assignments and projects and See, the workouts are no longer fun for you because now you gotta start the grind of like, well, this is, this is hard, this is difficult. See, in the B zone, what used to be fun and easy becomes much more difficult. See, complications arise. And in the B zone, we can be tempted to go to the Q zone. And this is where we quit. We quit. I'm gonna pause there. I wanna come back to the Q zone because I want to, I think I want God to, to really leverage some of this. And I think over the last year and a half, that may be, hey, we've sat and going from A zone to B zone to Q zone more than we like to admit. But in the Q zone, see, we just quit what we're doing. We say, well, I'm done with this. Forget this, I'm out. I don't want to be a part of this. I don't want to be a part of this journey anymore. And in the B zone, It's like a muscle. We have to exercise. We have to work it out. See, the stuff that you have to conquer, the things that you have to wrestle through are always in the B zone. Everybody gets to the B zone. Not everybody gets through the B zone. We all get there. We can all start things. I could start a workout, I could you know, start being at a new school, I could start a new major, I could start a new job, I could, start a new ch- I could start going to a new church, I could find a new pastor. We can always find what's new and we chase the thrill of what's next because we didn't obey what God called us to persevere. And there's a couple ways that we quit. See, we go back because we wanna feel better. But if God called us to move forward, we would get better. See, we settle for happy when God called us to be holy. And there's a couple ways to quit. You could just stop showing up. (laughs) Simple enough. You just quit. I'm out. I'm done. (laughs) You break off the relationship because it's too hard. You quit the team because it's not something you want to be a part of. You drop out of school because you don't think it's meant for you. You change majors because you don't think it's what God has for you. You quit on God because you said, well, God, it's been long enough. I can't do this anymore. You haven't spoken to me, so forget it. You quit. I'm out. The second thing is that we show up, and this might be harder to to spot, but we show up, but we gave up. See, you keep showing up, but you're mentally checked out. (laughs) Mm, This one's too real. We quit putting effort in and we quit giving everything we have so we still feel like we're all in, even though deep down we know we're not. We show up to practice, but we're mentally checked out. You show up for a workout, but you don't push as hard as you can. You study, but you spend more time on social media than actually studying. (laughs) You're in a relationship or in the process of dating, but you're not present. You don't care. And then you secretly fantasize what it would be like to be with somebody else because you don't want to be what you're currently in. You're with God, but you're not honest. You read your Bible, but you don't trust Him. See, everything in life, it will win or lose in the B zone. Your relationships, they will win or lose in the B zone. Your faith, it will win or lose in the B zone. Everything in life will win or lose in your B zone. And whether or not you see the promise come to pass just might be under how you persevere. Whether or not you fulfill your God-given calling is determined in the B zone. And the goal of everything in life is to get to the C zone. So this is where we celebrate. This is the best thing. If you're in Enneagram 7, you're like, oh, I can't wait to be here. You want to get to this. See, this now, you move from possibilities to problems to payoff. See, this is where you now celebrate. See, the season is full of celebration. This is also your, your calling. This is where now what God had spoken over you, the promise that he's given you, the dream, the vision, the thing that God has put inside you. This is where it now comes to pass. Everybody wants to get there. See, God has C zones for you, but you have to get through the battle in order to celebrate. And the majority of the time, you will be in the B zone. Because the B zone is a journey. The B zone is a journey. And Joseph, when you look at his life and you look at, okay, now he starts with the vision that God gave him. Here's the dream. And now he goes through, okay, now he's in prison, he got wrongly accused his brothers basically were trying to fake his death and said you don't matter to us anymore and now he's living in the B zone and he stayed there for 13 years and through our God-ordained opportunity, he actually interpreted a dream for Pharaoh. And Pharaoh was so impressed that he invited him to be second in command. And then Joseph, his vision, his dream finally came to pass. He got to celebrate. It paid off. But what he experienced was the battle for 13 years. And I want to put 13 years into perspective for you, okay? It's Because sometimes we, we read scripture and you're like, 13 years, yeah, yeah, whatever. And sometimes you glance through like 10 chapters of, of a Bible and you're like, well, yeah, great. You know what? Joseph, awesome. He might have struggled. But... But it paid off in the end. So we focus in scripture when we read it, it's hard for us to fathom like the suffering that he went through because all we do is focus on the miracle. So it, 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 right now, okay, it's 2021. Okay, 13 years. Let's just put 13 years into perspective. So 13 years ago would have been 2008. Okay, so put yourselves in a 2008 mindset. Oh, you don't want to go there. <laughs> the awkward middle school phases, the braces, the voice cracks, the high school, like, ah, am I going to have friends? Where am I going to sit at lunch? <laughs> this might have been the awkward phase of your life. Okay, so let's just embrace it. I know it might be awkward. I'd figured I'd break the ice. You're all thinking of pictures that you could think of in your head. I thought I'd bless you a little with a little picture of me from 2008. Whoo! 2008, that is how long 13 years is. Thank you, Jesus, for glow up. Holy cow. Second one, thought I'd just continue to bless you. You know what? Another picture. This probably doesn't surprise you. It's my sister's wedding. I was the only one that acted that way the whole night. It was like really meaningful. They did all like the sand pouring. It was like the, oh, my God, I gotta pray. I'm like, uh, like, so glad you get married. This is where like now in life, We go through, wow, that is really unfortunate. (laughs) I'm currently encountering my own A zone, B zone, C zone right now. (laughs) Jordan, this is why you wear jeans, so you don't uh, fumble it on your joggers. I'm good. Thank you, Trevor. Let's give it up for Trevor being a great friend. Those are the two pictures, okay? Let's, put, let's just continue to put 13 years into perspective, okay? So I started to look up popular things of culture in 2008. So just to give you context for how long 13 years is, okay? Tell me if you remember any of these movies, okay? The Dark Knight, that came out in 2008. Iron Man, the first Iron Man. I love you, 3,000. Indiana Jones, Hancock, what a throwback. Not Will Smith's best. Uh, Kung Fu Panda. The... Wow, we got a Kung Fu Panda group in here. The Chronicles of Narnia. Stepbrothers. Okay, okay, relax, relax. Marley and me. Okay, if you didn't cry in this movie, you don't have a soul, all right? When the dog dies, that is sad. <laughs> Spoiler alert, sorry. If you haven't seen him, sorry. Yeah, well... Isn't that funny, though, in movies like when someone dies, like, whatever." you know, Seth deserved it. When the dog dies, you're like, "No,. That <laughs> in 2008, the most popular cell phone was the Motorola Razr. How many of you guys had a Motorola razor? Okay, you had the gold one. It was my dream to get a gold one. And I got this weird, funky LG thing that flipped up and sideways. I'm like, Mom, I want a razor. I don't want a Transformer. I want to be what the other cool kids are doing. (laughs) That was one of the popular, the iPhone at the time was the fifth most popular phone. The razor trumped it in sales by a long shot. And then not only on top of that, we also had the ringtones. Oh, you remember those when someone called you? And they play this song. Dig, no the next one, if someone calls you, you might have had this on your phone. You might have had Low by T-Pain. <laughs> Let me talk this might be you. your jam. This was your ringtone. You were rocking on. with the razor. This was your jam. Let me talk. Come so let me Ging Ging. This could be yours. The or the next one. Last one. Before before you before you play this one. Before you play this one. <laughs> this was not a. This is a theme song of your life. Apparently, this is more than a ringtone. See, some of us, okay, we have this song, and this is what, this is what some of us have did, okay? We, uh, we did that thing where you play the song in the stereo, and then you, like, leave a voicemail, and you, like, call, and you're like, yeah, like, this is Alex, can't get back to you right now, but why don't you go ahead? And then we play this song right here. <laughs> Forever by Chris Brown. Hey, call me back. Talk to you later. Bye. (laughs) 13 years ago. That's what it was. 13 years ago. Okay. So imagine, okay, you're going into slavery, going into prison. The moment that people are walking around listening to Chris Brown carrying Motorola razors. That's the moment, okay, that you now go into prison. You get put in imprisonment. See, that's how long Joseph was in slavery. See, that wasn't a short experience for him. It was lengthy, (laughs) And we know that when we, have, when we read Scripture, we have a hard time because we focus way too much on the miracle and not enough on the suffering. And I think God shows us and reveals character in suffering. See, if Joseph were to tell the story from his perspective, he would tell you all about the waiting. He'd tell you all about the suffering, all about the agony, the pain, the doubt, the confusion. And the longer you sit in hardship, the more you think you're not going to get out. So, of course, the Q-Zone would be such a, a great temptation. And what you do in the Q zone is that you just go find another A zone. You see, C zone is possible because you won here, and we live in a culture that is great at dreams, but we're weak in discipline. Look what it says in Hebrews twelve: it says no discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. See, no discipline seems pleasant at the time. God, where you're calling me to cultivate right now, what things you're trying to do in me, this dry season, this waiting season, this winter season, this, this this is a weird season, it's an awkward season. God, whatever you're trying to do, God establishes discipline in it. But we have a hard time because we know that discipline doesn't seem pleasant at the time. But we know if we hang on and if we persevere, God will reap a harvest at just the right time but if we miss the posture you'll miss the promise if i miss the posture i'll miss the promise and we can keep going back and forth from a zone to b zone to q zone back to a zone and we have a temptation (laughs) and see the excitement the thrill everything about the a zone is an endorphin to you and we're addicted to what this can be and we hate everything that this is about And so we go to Q zone and we quit. And then we jump back to an A zone. Let me put it in perspective. When a relationship gets hard, you go from here to here. Well, I'll just go find a new guy, a new girl. I'll just go find a new church. I'll just go find a new pastor. I'll just go find a new job. I'll go find a new major. I'll go find a new dream. And you start living under your agenda, not God's agenda. So, no wonder why. And we have, we go from A zone to B zone to Q zone back to A zone, and we live in this cycle. We dream, we quit, we dream, we quit, we dream, we quit. We live off of spiritual highs instead of spiritual consistency. And I think a question that God is, is actually probably wanting to ask you tonight, regardless of where you're at, is where are you coaching that God has called you to cultivate? Where do you feel like you're drifting? Where do you feel like, you know what, I'm, I'm here, but I'm not really here. God, I'm with you, but I'm not really with you. I'm here to volunteer at C12, but I'm not really here. I, I show up to, to lead in what I do, but I'm not really bought in. I'm just here at C12, but God, I'm not really in for what you have for me. Where are you coasting that God has called you to cultivate? And this is the difference between us wishing and us willing. See, we wish we could just go back here, instead of allowing God's will to take us to His sea zone. So, how do we persevere? How do we how do we prepare ourselves? How do we come up with a plan that it's actually helpful for us to keep moving forward? See, nobody accidentally like stumbles your way through to the sea zone. Like, you don't just like slowly and casually like, "Wow, how did I end up here? Woo, that was easy. That was great. I should do that again." <laughs> Like, you, just, you don't randomly end up. See, you, you, there, there comes a point where you wrestle with two things. You wrestle with your will, and you wrestle with your emotions. See, will helps you make choices. This is the thing that drives you. This is the engine of your car. This is the thing that keeps moving you forward. See, this leans into achievement. This leads into decisions that I make. And emotions are feelings. <laughs> See, these lean into entertainment. If will leans into achievement, then emotions lean into entertainment. And we have to allow our will to drive who we are. Otherwise, we're always going to be led by our emotions. If you live out of emotion and you chase after entertainment, your life will be a disappointment. Because your emotions might cry in discomfort now, but if I persevere, they'll rejoice with joy later this might be miserable now, but if I just hang on, God, you can do what you want to do. God, you can do what you said you would do. And we need to have this honest conversation with ourselves, because there are times when you don't feel like praying. You don't feel like going to church. You don't feel like talking to God. You don't feel like worshiping. You don't feel like uh, being in the relationship that you're in. You don't feel like going to your job, your work. You don't feel like doing the things that you do. And so you mentally check out. And I wanted to have a, 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 quite a candid conversation, perhaps. And I think over the last year, year and a half, we often talk about the pre-COVID days as, as if we could go back. <laughs> Somewhere along the lines, we have these conversations with ourselves, and we we always wish we could go back to, well, where I want to be, and I I just, I want want this to be over. I want the season of my life to be over. I want where I'm at. I want all of this to be done. I just want to move on, and we simultaneously wish we could go back while in our heads we think we're in our future, (laughs) and we can't embrace where God has us now. Well, God can't, God can't use you if you're always wanting to be somewhere else. How can God anoint and even use right where you're at if you're always choosing to be somewhere else? See, we need to learn to embrace our season. And some of us in this room, it, it's been a dark season. It's been a dry season. Like, this season has just been weird. Over the last year, year and a half, it's like, well, God, I, I, pre-COVID, I had all these other dreams and aspirations and things, and now I, I, I just don't see it come to pass, and I don't think it's actually going to happen. And maybe you had a, a dream for your major. You had a dream to start a business. You had a dream to do something. God spoke something in you. He's given you a promise, and now you don't think it's going to come to pass because of what COVID did, what COVID brought. And maybe right now you're battling mental health, and you're like, well, I didn't think this would be my journey. I didn't think this would be where I'm at. Now I'm in a battle. Now I'm confused. I don't, God, I don't feel like you're here. It feels dry. It feels dark. It feels distant. I feel absent. None of this feels familiar to me. God, I don't want to be here. And how many of you in the room, just if we, if we could be honest for a second, that over the last three to six months, you have just wanted to quit? You wanted to tap out. You want to be done. I want to quit. I'm out. I don't want to keep doing this job. I don't wanna keep following Jesus. I don't wanna keep praying. I don't wanna keep worshiping. I don't wanna keep going to church. I don't wanna keep, and you fill in the blank, X, Y, and Z. There are things that we want to quit doing. And what I love about the story of Joseph is that in his story, see, Pharaoh, and what they did is that they put Joseph, as he's moving from A zone to B zone to C zone, they put him in charge but they never put him in control. And oftentimes in life, I think God has you right where you're at. He puts you in charge over the decisions you make. He puts you in charge over the things and the choices that you, need to, that, that you know that you need to do, but he never puts you in control because God always is. God is sovereign. God is good. And even in your waiting, God is working. Even in your dry season, God is still moving. And you might be like, well, what what do I pray? I don't know, I don't know that I even want to. It feels like nothing is there, that's okay. Dry prayers are always better than no prayers. It might feel inauthentic. You might feel like you have nothing to give to God and you can allow your emptiness to be your offering to Him. Say, God, fill me up. And I wanted to encourage us, what it says in Galatians, Galatians 6, 9 says, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do what? Oh, we can say that again. If we do what? Oh, I could reap a harvest if I do not give up. And I wanted to go a little bit of, of our vision as a church and what we been, have been in over the last, a little bit as, as a church. And obviously, if you've been around 12 Stone, you know a little bit, uh, maybe you've seen it, the whole vision tree and inside of it, uh, that it's because of Jesus, but we know that God has called us and these are the branches that God's called us to transform families. I'm really gonna butcher this drawing, it doesn't matter. God has called us to transform families, souls, and communities. Okay, but the roots of it, this is because of Jesus. Let's not get it confused that in life. It's because of Jesus and what God has done in my life. How I got saved, that's because of Jesus. How I make an impact now, that's because of Jesus. I don't bring my job to people. I bring my intimacy with Jesus to people. I bring what Jesus has done in my life. Let's not get it confused. Let's not, let's not distort it. It's because of Jesus that as a church, our vision is to transform family, souls, and communities, but it is rooted in prayer these are the roots. And if we're not rooted in prayer, then we're not rooted in anything. We're not going to be rooted in anything. And prayer sounds elementary. It sounds like the basic thing. You're like, well, why would I go back to the basics? Because over COVID, that's probably where it broke. Over COVID, there are things, there are foundational things. That's why we're in a season of, of worship, community, and impact. If you've been through Growth Track, you know that's our, that, 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 that's our lingo. You know that's the thing that we're going after because those are the basic elements of our faith. If you've been through the foundations content, you know it's about worship, community, and impact. And the two other things are prayer and scripture. Those are the five things of what it means to be, a, 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 those are the five rhythms of a follower of Jesus. <laughs> And I think that God is inviting you to cultivate some of those things again in your life. And where you want to give up, let's go back to this. Where you want to give up, and you want to—you have this temptation to go to the Q zone. I think every point where you get—it's awesome, it's great. God gave me a vision. God gave me a dream. Now it's a problem. Now it's a battle. And I want to quit. The moment you want to quit is where God invites you to begin. God wants you to go deeper. It's dry. Go dig a new well. You don't feel like it's deep enough? Establish deeper roots. You're not hearing God go back to the last thing God said. God's absence doesn't lack his faithfulness. It just takes your trust deeper. And when God takes your trust deeper, he exposes your fear even greater (laughs) because pressure puts on you what was always inside you and things get exposed. So we are rooted in prayer. And we're going to jump into, and, and we're just going to have an extended time of worship tonight. And maybe there's people in this room and, and you, you feel like giving up. You feel like quitting. You feel like tapping out. You say, "I'm done, I'm out, I don't want to do this anymore, I quit, I'm done. This is God, I cannot do this anymore. And we want to have a moment where we pray over you. Maybe in this last song, you can come up. We have a prayer team that'll be up front. We would love to pray over the certain things that are in your life. We would love to pray over you because we know that we are rooted in prayer, but we cannot do these things by ourselves. There's a vision that God, I believe there's people in here that God's given you a vision and you've quit too soon. I believe that God has put something in each of you and you decide to coast, where I think God wants you to cultivate. There are people in this room who perhaps you maybe just want to give up on your life. And maybe tonight, you just allow God's love to remind you of who He is and how much He cares for you. So we'll have a prayer team up front. If you want prayer, if you say, hey, I just, I can't do this, I wanna quit, I wanna tap out, I wanna be done, I just, I, I, I literally can't take another step forward. We'll be here for you. We'll pray for you. And let's invite God's presence into this room. And so, God, we just pray. God, we ask that your, uh, God, your kingdom come. And God, your will be done in this room. God, would your kingdom come? And God, your will be done in people's hearts. God, the moment where they just feel stale in their faith, they feel like none of this is, is none of this matters. They feel like they just they don't know how to make traction. They don't know how to make momentum. How do I move forward? How do I how do I capitalize, God, on what you're doing in my life? God, I pray that you, Holy Spirit, would you come down and would you speak to everybody in this room, right where they're at, right where they feel like they're a failure, right where they feel like they're inadequate, right where they feel like they don't want to keep moving forward. Oh, God, I pray that you would give people the spiritual, the spiritual grit, God, to not quit in the season that they're in. If it's dry, if it's distant, if it feels like, God, you haven't spoken in a long time, God, I pray, God, that you would give people rest, God, and you would just pour out your spirit. God, that's why we're meeting. That's why we're here. So, God, we invite you. Oh, God, I pray But even in the moments where, the private moments, God, where nobody notices, nobody, nobody sees us. God, you see us. And you, Holy Spirit, would you come? You have your way. God, you do your thing. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Seedwell Podcast today. I hope this was helpful for you to be able to picture what zone that you're in in different parts of your life. And I hope that you were encouraged and guided by today's message. If you want to learn more about College of Twelve Stone, make sure to give us a follow on Instagram at C12stone. Hope to see you next week at 730 at our Lawrenceville campus.